family and friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned into the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast, ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Look at Ruben pulling it out on a Friday. Hold on, hold on. What's going on there? Oh. You're pulling the Sid there. You're watching yourself in the in the, in the uh, monitor. In the monitor, yeah. He did used to do that all oh, the time. Oh, he loved yeah. watching himself in the monitor. Yeah, it's, I know. It's hard. It's hard. Well, no, this was for coordination purposes. Like, yeah, I had to make sure that I was. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, doing, yeah. yeah. Doing it properly. Yeah. Because yeah. Because yeah. it would be weird. Yeah. If, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, it would be weird. Yeah. yeah. It, it was would be weird. weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Friday. It's all good. Good vibes. I don't know if Six Arrow's doing that on Breakfast Television. Yeah. Well, look at the monitor and taking names. I know that. Yeah. I don't know where the monitors are placed on breakfast television, but haven't seen it as much. No, no. Should we uh, should we coordinate one of these? Oh, over to me? Yeah. Go, go, do it. Do it. There you go. Ooh, oh, which way do I go? Oh, no, hold on a second. On, That's actually... Come on. I'm getting oh my, it's like horrible. In my, go ahead. Which way do I go? What do you mean, which way do you go? Do I go up it's like that? It's the wave, man. Okay, 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 go, go, go one more time, one more time, one more time. This is Tim and Friends for Friday, August the 5th, <laughs> live from the Sportsnet Studios in downtown Toronto. Forget the dog days of, I know what the start seemed like, but forget the dog days of summer. For the second straight day, the guest bookers and producers off the top rope like Jimmy Superfly said, hell, off the top of the cage like Mick Foley, Jesse, don't hurt yourself doing this. No, we're good Instead today. of I learned droning on about rumors and innuendos and waves and this, maybe even dissecting backups in Hall of Fame games, we've got a cavalcade, a great guest lined up for you today. Flames GM Brad Trilliving will join us in the first hour, fresh off of, well, everything. ESPN analyst and owner of the career I wanted when I started in this business, Mina Kimes. And for the record, I wasn't smart enough to do what she's doing. Justin Dunk to talk about the fourth 9-0 team in CFL, well, at least since 1958 when they made the CFL official, even though the CFL has been around, well, Canadian football has been around since the turn of the century. They're just the fourth team to do it since 1958. Winnipeg Blue Bombers improved to 9-0, and with the National Bank Open presented by Rogers. Taking over our airwaves from Montreal and Toronto next week, I couldn't think of a better way to hand the station over to tennis than by talking to Bianca Andreescu. Mm -hmm. That is mm -hmm. right, kids. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, she is joining us in studio in about an hour. Tell your friends, tell a whole bunch, Bianca in studio within an hour. Jesse, honestly, one of my favorite interviews of all time was when Bianca joined the aforementioned Sid Sixero and I in studio after the 2019 U.S. Open. Well, I mean, you got to tell the story. This, this wasn't just one of your favorite interviews of all time. Everybody in the building was in a tizzy that day. Oh, it was ridiculous. I've never seen this building move the way it did on Ever. that day. Ever. And we've had some big names in yep. the studio. Like, Mark Messier has been in studio. We've, we've had <laughs> Kenny the Jet Smith's been in. Isaiah Thomas has been in studio. Like... Big, huge names from the sporting world have been... Bobby Orr's been in our studio, and it wasn't like this. I 
think part of it has to do, well, obviously, the accomplishment is unbelievable. There were, like, executives I've never yeah. seen before yeah. hanging out, like, over <laughs> there. Zero FaceTime with them. But when Bianca comes down, your best yeah. friends and everybody hey, all how the you doing? Yeah, Good I, to see you. I think the fact that, it, you know, it takes place in the summer, right, when she won, it, it, there's not much else going on. So it... it Everybody, even All whether eyes. you're a, ten, a tennis fan or not, yeah. everybody got swept up in how amazing that was, including all the Rogers executives. <laughs> Were you around when we did that interview? Yeah, it was insane. I, I couldn't like even come within 50 meters of the studio. No, it was the studio was yeah. surrounded. It was unbelievable. Like the Raptors parade in terms of like <laughs> was, people being crammed was, together. It was. And speaking of, the, we got the like just a incredible. We know she's a big sports fan, mm-hmm. and in an incredible twist of fate. The Larry O'Brien was scheduled to be in our studio that day, and we handed the Larry O'Brien over to Bianca Andreescu as a surprise at the end, and it might have been one of the greatest reactions I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, like, you can just tell how happy she was on the picture alone. Oh, her face dropped, like, literally, we had her on camera, and it was just like, what? Yeah, <laughs> added to the trophy case. So listen, a lot has gone on in the time since we last talked. We've asked to have her on a bunch of times and just... Timing didn't work out either way. For some reason, there was a whole pandemic thing. There were some injuries along the way. She took a little bit of a break. Mm -hmm. Whatever. What an amazing way to hand it off to the National Bank Open here on Sportsnet than to talk to Bianca Andreescu. And also a great way to get you to Blue Jays Central in the Jays game tonight. Dog days of summer, my rather rotund (laughs) behind. These aren't the dog days of summer. <laughs> Look at Gary. Oh, poor Gary. Yeah, no, are, Gary. Are you, are you picking that one up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. <laughs> Way to go, Gary. Way to go, Gary. <laughs> oh, Hopefully, man. this show satisfies a wee bit more than Gary the Pug was satisfied. <laughs> and it all starts with first things first and Jesse Rubinoff. So let it be. Let Rot- it stay. Patricia Hebule. Nice. Rotund is such an elite word. Rotund. Rotund, yeah. yeah. It's not every day that you bust out rotund. You know, my mom used to say it's not, and it isn't, it's not nice to say fat. Right. So I started using the word rotund at a young age. Mm. And uh, I have become rather rotund no. in my older age. Yeah. No. Uh, you said Mina, Mina Kimes has like your dream job in the business. Yeah. Let me remind you, you have your own show, by the way. No, I know, but Same. what she's created for herself, and I'm glad you kind of pointed to it, because I'm not going to do it when she's on, because yeah. it would just seem like I'm fawning we'll over her. her. But, yeah, yeah. but she created this her own little niche in this business by breaking down football, unlike anyone else has broken down football. Mm-hmm. And to do it, given her past and what she's done in the business, I just... I am like hats off. It's unbelievable what she's carved yeah. out, and she's fun. And she, you had her on. Were you on when? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Me and it was uh, me and Faisal that day. I was pissed. She, were you? Yeah, well, you, I saw you, the you whole guest list today. that day. That yeah, guest that was list insane. was almost as good as today's. That was the Springer, uh, DeGrasse, Buck Martinez day. Yeah, it's, and Mina Kimes. And Mina Kimes. Probably it was better insane. than today's guest the, list. <laughs> no, well, it was insane. You're gonna get your chance with Mina uh, today. But we got a lot to talk about in first things first. So All right, let's do this. Let's do it. Uh, we knew something was up yesterday with the flame when Ryan Leslie tweeted the eyes emoji. And then late last night, we got the news that Jonathan Huberdo has signed an eight-year extension with Calgary for $10.5 million a season, the richest contract in franchise history. Earlier today, Huberdo talked about what went into his decision to sign long-term. I know it's a good city to play hockey in. And like I said, the community is great. And I ask a lot of questions to a lot of people, but I think at the end of the day, 
you know, I wanted to to sign long term. I think they, they traded for me, and I know that they wanted me, and they were talking talking highly about me. And you know, when you hear that, you, you want to play for a team that wants you, and that's why it was so important to me. And I think you know, show dedication to them, and you know, I want to give back to the community already. And I think I'm I'm just excited to obviously go there and get to know the city a little bit more. The old school Apple headphones, a quality look there. Better microphone too. I don't know. Oh, if you it, know it, it is. A, it, no question about it. Without that got exposed during the pandemic. Yeah, without a doubt. You got the yeah. ear pods. You think you're cool. Yeah. Not the same thing. But what are the the AirPods are what like the fifth biggest business in the world on their all the time. Whatever. Nobody cares. If you're walking through, listen. You you've you've lost the tangle. The mm-hmm. tangle was a big thing when mm-hmm. it came to the old school earphones. Yeah untangling them was a pain in the ass. And if you're like just walking or jogging, the AirPods are much better than the old school. Yeah. Into the they don't thing. fit in my ear as well though either. I got weird ears though. You do so. have, uh, you have, I have weird shaped ears. ears yeah. AirPods I'm pretty sure would be the fit. I have an oddly shaped head if it makes you feel yeah, better. Yeah, we all have yeah, our yeah, issues, yeah. Um, I'm not throwing stones from a glass house. Air, AirPods <laughs> would have, I think, I think it's the fifth biggest business on their own. On their own if you spun them out of Apple. Oh, in yeah? the world, something like that. Which is just... That is insanity. <sighs> but I wish I had a pair of those. I'll have to fact check that yeah. later. Uh, Jonathan Uberdo. I yeah. wish I had a pair of those. Yeah. Uh, I think I have a couple kicking around. Okay. Uh, we, we've talked about um, what a tough offseason it's been for the Calgary Flames. How much better does Uberdo signing that deal make it? By the way, I guess the eyes emoji wasn't Kadri. Yeah. I was kind of well, hinting that maybe the eyes emoji when we went off the air yesterday was Kadri. Mia culpa as of right now, though, we'll talk to Brad for living a little bit later what on. What are you supposed to do? I mean, yeah, that's, we're a sports show. You got to take a swing. So Uberdo signs. And listen, this is one of the greatest saves in Flames history. Like, you've got Mike Vernon, Mika Kiprasov, and now Brad Treliving. Like, I'm not... I'm not saying they're better than they were last year, but given where they were when free agency hit and Johnny Gaudreau shocked the world by signing with the Columbus Blue Jackets, and we sat here and said, I wonder if Matthew Kachuk really wants out if Johnny Gaudreau's gone. And then to hear that he did want out, this is one of the greatest saves in Flames history, right up there with Vernon and Kiprasov. Now, the rest of it, the rest of the story will be interesting, but for the last month or so, I mean, I can't imagine that Brad Tree Living has played a round of golf, let alone <laughs> breathe. No, definitely not. He hasn't done anything. He's been going for dinner with Jonathan Uberdo to make sure he signs him to a 10-year contract. The trip to Montreal, yeah. the wooing, like, this isn't the, the, only, the, yeah. the, the only thing. Eight years? Yeah, I said 10. But Did you 10 say 10 years? Yeah. Yeah, it's the money. Himself. The yeah. money is ten. Ten and a half, yeah. Yeah, eight years. I got it. Yeah. I understood it. I knew what you meant. The only caveat I have here, the only, the only, and I've, I've done this before. Actually, I haven't done this, but in a way. This isn't the break up with your ex and then get married like two months later, is it? <clears throat> well... <laughs> <laughs> <Could> I, <laughs> I will just say this. Like, I don't want to be a wet blanket here on, on this because this is an, it's an awesome story. Uh, the Calgary Flames fans deserve it. But it's Let's 20, have a legit conversation. 29 yeah. years old. Like, this contract by the end of it is not going to look good, right? It's $10.5 million. Like, it is $10.5 up until the very end of the contract. So he'll be 37 yeah, earning million. It's a lot. I, I, he also is coming off a 115-point 100 point season. Yeah, and he, like, I mean, he's not going to turn down that money. 
Like, you, know, you go for dinner and he's like, oh, No, no, but I'm saying, he, like, he was one of the best players in the NHL oh, last year. Yeah, no question. But what is the cap move? Because ever since Connor McDavid was signed, and ever since Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner were signed, mm-hmm. and Leon Dreisaitl was signed, we've been saying, oh, the cap will go up. And, like, let's be honest, look around every other league in North American sport, the numbers have shot up. Mm-hmm. And in hockey, they have not. Yeah. So I hear what you're saying on the 10 plus million per year. I don't know what that'll look like five years down the road, but you're right. Eight years down the road on a 29 year old means, do the math, that's 37 years old. Yeah. And how many 37 year olds are having? Now, listen, he, he has the type of game that will age well, right? Like that vision. Totally. Like you, you don't get old in a hurry. He's got that kind of Joe Thornton-esque. 80 plus assists. Big yeah. boy, <laughs> knows how to set things up, can play the power play. I don't know. But, but I hear you. It's a legitimate concern. Was it too much money versus can we lock someone down to make sure we get him long-term in Calgary to prove to our fans that not everyone's just going to love peace and hair grease this city. Mm-hmm. And to lock him up before he's played a game in the season uh, in the city and a game for the team, I think gives your fan base just a little bit something to smile about. Yeah, needed a win. It, it just feels it's something you worry about down the road. We probably won't be saying that in eight years. Probably be criticizing the contract in eight years when he's still getting paid. But for now, they did what they had There's to do. There's a couple of big big deals that come off the books for the Flames next season and part of that long-term deal might have something to do with it. I I don't know if they can get any of those last two deals. I mean, it's Lucic at 5.25 million and Monaghan at 6.375 million off the books. But if they did and made another signing. Mm. Is it you back to Kadri? Just 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 throwing. Trey Living's coming up in uh, about half an hour's time. I'll have to ask him when he's going for dinner with Mackenzie Wieger. Yes. Uh, Jose Barrios faces his former team tonight as the Jays continue their series with the Twins. The Jays took the opener 9-3 last night. Alec Manoa gave them six solid innings, also got hit with a comebacker again, and the offense came to life late with Teoscar Hernandez and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. both hitting home runs. Whit Merrifield went two for five with an RBI in his Jays debut. Lots of positives from last night. What stood out to you? The win. 13-4 and four under John Schneider. Like that? Win. Win baseball games will always stand out to me. How you win baseball games is also interesting to most people. But that 13-4 and four is the best record in the AL in that stretch. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying they're going to play 13-4 and four baseball for the rest of John Schneider's era in Toronto. But that's a pretty damn good start. They're outscoring opponents 108-50. to 50, Right? Plus 58 run differential in that span. What, what, what also impressed me was, was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Like when he is going, he is a sight to behold, right? Like how many dudes can hit a bomb as hard as he hit that mm-hmm. bomb last night? Like this thing didn't get 30 feet off the ground and it went 10 rows deep. It's actually a really fun game to play. We should play that game at some point. Like who is it? Uh, O'Neal Cruz? Soto, and who else? That can hit a ball like yes. that? Stanton, Judge, boom, that's it. List over. Stanton it's, seems to hit more majestic-type bombs. Yeah. He, do, he does hit a line drive every once in a while. A uh, home run, I mean. He hits a lot of line drives. So does Judge. But that thing was like 
there was no doubt, and it never got like 20 feet off the ground. A frozen rope, if you will. <laughs> oh, that is like the definition the yeah. of a frozen rope. So to see him do that, and then later in the game do the splits, like you're almost, you're almost reminded what this guy can do. And now a 15-game hitting streak, 417, 470, 650 in the 15-game hitting streak. There's the splits at first base. Like, you, you kind of forget. He's also got four stolen bases in those 15 yeah, games, by the way. I, I don't understand. I don't understand that. Like, this is... <laughs> Just don't. I don't get it. G-Man Choi can do this. I, the splits thing, like, am I supposed... I, I know a lot of people want me to point out the splits thing, and I can't do them. So... Don't ask me to do them. The splits? Yeah. Uh, I would I would think you like who can? Well, G Man Choi. G okay, G Man Choi and yeah. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Like big and men. Yoga, and yoga teachers. Big men That's doing it. the splits. Yeah. No. That I don't I uh, can Pablo uh, Sandoval do them? Don't think so. I haven't seen him do it. Um, also plays third base. I wonder if Manoa can do the splits. Uh, pretty good outing for him last night. Uh, gets well, hit again his, with the comebacker. I know his splits are good, period, because nice. he's pitched really well, period. Uh, yeah, they, the hit by another comebacker we'll get to in a second, but another win, 12-5, 245 ERA on the year. Wins second in the AL, ERA fourth in the AL. His whip is second in the AL. Whip. His 17 quality starts second in the American League. Like, Another year, this is a Cy Young Award, but Justin Verlander is going to win it because Justin Verlander has been ridiculous. Yeah. For those who don't know, he's 15-3 and three with a 173 ERA. But Alec Manoa has been the absolute ace, the absolute horse, and the innings pitched. Are you, you worried? See it. Are you worried? First, in the American League, 132. You have to have the conversation, do you not? Like, I can, I can look at him and say, he looks different. I can say the big man might be able to take this wear and tear, but I think you have to have the conversation given that he's never done it before. Yeah, you Ross Atkins told me to go bleep myself, basically. Well, you can have the conversation, <laughs> but the only reason he's pitching so many innings is because he's been so good, right? Like, if he was not performing, and if in this recent stretch he hadn't been performing, his innings wouldn't be up there. So he is just performing they're using the eye test and i'm sure the analytics because we have made so much over the years about the blue jays investing heavily in player development and player whatever they call it um with regards to his health so you have to believe that they are managing that very very closely and any little blip on his performance they'll figure something out maybe push him back a day or whatever but right now like why i don't believe a lot of that horse bleep yeah be honest with you every pitcher is one pitch away every pitcher in big league baseball, so you'd be is worried about like a, away. like a an injury. Yes, yes, yes you don't an injury. Say it. I don't no, no. Say I, it. I, listen, I don't believe in that. If, if if we could do that, then we'd make <laughs> millions and millions of dollars, yeah. and Bet Rivers wouldn't sponsor us because we'd be robbing them blind. That's okay? right. Yeah. So that's that stuff doesn't happen. Okay, let me just say that, um, or it's not true. Maybe it happens, and there's some coincidence. It's not true. If you fall for that, you're an idiot. I'm mm -hmm. sorry. Yeah. Okay. I knew that was a, that you had a beef with that. I, yeah. I hate that yeah, with yeah. a passion. That's not the Don't first time you said no. that. Don't say no. If I, I would bet it, and then I would say it live on air it repeatedly. Is, it's really stupid. It's yeah. the most ridiculous thing on planet Earth. They don't even hear. They don't hear anything. And they don't hear it. No. Right. Like if they heard, if I was walking around a dugout and someone had a no hitter going, Different. I would say Jack bleep. Yeah. But if they can't hear it. 
and you think I have that so that sort yeah. of ability? Like Joe Buck says, yeah. oh, no hitter, and suddenly like the pitcher blows it, and it's Joe Buck's fault. It's like, yeah. what, what are we doing? Yeah, it's not. <laughs> Kicker is perfect from 30 yards away. That's a stat. That's yeah. the truth. They don't have that power. If they did, they'd okay. make a lot. Okay, sorry of money. I sidetracked you, but I test like he's fine. You you watch the game last night. He's fine. Don't worry about it. But until he's not, I get your point. I yeah, get your I just point. I, I have no idea. Like, what are you supposed think, to do? You can high performance department. That's what all you is. want. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I I don't know that they know any different. I do know Pete Walker told Hazel May that they're going to keep an eye on him mm-hmm. and they're going to try and lessen the amount of innings that he does. Look. Ricky Tiedemann's making his double-A debut today for the New Hampshire uh, Fisher Cats. And they gave him a little bit of time off. Mm-hmm. They, he went A, high A, looked great. They gave him a little bit of time off. He went to the lab in Dunedin. Lab. Uh, they took a little you know, measure here, a measure there, a measure White here. White coats. And they, they <laughs> lowered the innings down. But Alec Manoa didn't throw any innings. Mm-hmm. Like, the way he jumped onto the scene... We've never had that before either because we've never had a pandemic before, right? So I just, you throw it all out the window and you eye test, you put your analytics, but that's not going to stop anything and you got to keep an eye on them. That's all I'll say. You knock on wood, basically. Yeah, you knock on wood and <laughs> say it. this guy's a horse and he looks different than everybody else. So Jose Barrios Hopefully. going tonight and Mitchell White will make the start on Saturday. Yeah, very cool. Uh, Mitchell White officially in there and Barrios his second start in Minnesota since leaving. The Twinkies, that'll be yes. special for him tonight. You can see it on Sportsnet. He's been hot. Let's see if he can keep it going. Let's go to the uh, CFL. And the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are now halfway to a perfect season. They improved to 9-0 with a 35-20 win over the Alouettes last night. The game was tied heading into the fourth quarter, but Winnipeg scored 21 straight points to put it away. Was there ever, <laughs> was there ever any doubt in your mind? If it was another team, sorry, Montreal. If it was another team, maybe, but Montreal has been struggling and you had the feeling that the... Bombers would eventually pull that game out, and they did eventually show their class in this one. But I also wondered if they were tired. They haven't had their bye yet. Yep. Six of their nine wins have come on the road. Like, they are full marks for this 9-0, and and the Stamps had a shot. I thought the Owls played them tight enough to have a shot last night. Justin Dunn's going to join us. We'll talk about this. They're going to get the Owls once more, this time at home next week. Then they get their first bye of the season. They could go 10-0. and and as we said off the top, they're just the fourth team in N- NCFL history to start 9-0 since 1958. Not bad. Just three former teams have done it. So they're already in an elite category. And it'll be really interesting to see how far they can go. I think 18 games is long. I think football is a game where it's really hard to go undefeated. Just ask everybody but the Dolphins. Uh, Stamps had their chances. I think the Lions may have their chance a couple times this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're as good as any team I've ever seen, and I'm going to talk to Justin Dunk about that. Any team you've ever seen? Yeah, they're the fourth to do it since 58. How could yeah. they not be among, if not the best team that I've ever seen in the yeah, CFL? Yeah, I mean, you're not that old. Yep. No, I'm not that old. Yeah. I'm old. <laughs> not that not old. That old. No. All right, listen, we're days away from the National Bank Open in Toronto. Those draws for those tournaments happening a short time ago. Bianca Andreescu will join us in studio, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Meantime, Rebecca Marino was in the quarterfinals at the City Open today. She has been in great form and recently re-entered the WTA Top 100 for the first time in a decade. Took some time off, got herself right, and has been really good this year. Taking on Daria Seville. 
And Daria already down a break is Marino. Blows a backhand down the line, led to a second break. Later in the set, nice little slice in the backhand baseline. Marino can't get to it. It is a 6-1 lead. This, they're currently in a weather delay down three love in the second set. So Marino in some trouble, but already doing a lot of damage. All right, we're going to take a quick break because we've got a guest lineup for you. Bianca Andreescu, as mentioned, in studio ahead of the National Bank Open. Mina Kimes on Deshaun Watson and the NFL's response. Flames GM Brad Treliving after signing Jonathan Uberdo to an eight-year extension. And after the break, Justin Dunn stops by. We'll continue the CFL talk. Can the bombers be stopped? We will discuss next. Him and friends, it's a Friday. It's... Zima with the punt. Bombers getting it back in good shape too. Janarian Grant midfield. And one more. Grant. Touchdown Winnipeg. Just like that. The most important stat remains perfect for Winnipeg. Stand back, everybody. Watch out. Bianca Andreescu. An unbelievable. The Rogers Cup champion, 2019. She the champion of the U.S. Open, Bianca Andreescu. She's a runaway train. Re-embraces the glorious chaos we call the Premier League. Sinchenko to redirect it. It's in. Arsenal struck first on Premier League opening night. Welcome back. One game already in the books in the CFL as the Bombers beat the Owls to move to 9-0 as we just talked about. Let's take a look at the rest of the week's odds powered by Bet Rivers. Tonight, Stamps are a five-point favorite in Ottawa against the Red Blacks. They're coming off their first win of the season last week. Saturday features a doubleheader, three and three Argos. Slight favorites at home to be two and five Ticats. We'll discuss that one with Justin Dunk in mere moments from now. The Lions are double-digit favorites at home to the Elks to close out your week. Got it good, and since you understood, fresh off of that 9-0 start for the Bombers, Justin Dunk, Three Down Nation, has joined me in studio, which means it's time for another installment of Jesse's favorite yes, segment. Sir. This is Dink and Dunk. How are you, buddy? Can he call you Dink any other time except for the segment? I don't. He can him. call me Dink anytime he wants. Uh -huh. no, I, don't I mean, I can't really? tell you what would happen after, <laughs> <Yeah>. but <laughs> I'm not going to do. I that. might call him names back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair. So let's let's start with the Bombers. Uh, I said to Jesse in that opening block that this might be the best CFL team I have ever seen. Are you buying or selling? Ever. Ever. Woo. Think about it this way, and this is the way I, I, I described it to, to Jesse. If they're the fourth team to go 9-0, and like, I know they don't have, like, massive numbers across the board like we have seen in the past from some of the teams that we might put into this equation, like the 2005 BC Lions or like the 93 Stampeders who had a few names on that squad. However... They're getting result after result after result, and there is something to be said about that. Like, they have to be in the conversation. Definitely. That's a critical aspect here is the yeah. wins. I think the Edmonton football team who won five straight Grey Cups has their hands up right now saying, yeah. Timmy, can I get some respect? Yeah. But we're talking about <laughs> undefeated teams. Right into the yeah, show. Right, right into the show if you have beef with Tim on that. <laughs> He's on Twitter. Let's hear from yeah. him. But I think the Blue Bombers talk is legit. This is a dynasty. They've gone back to back. They are 9-0. and And they just continue to make plays at crunch time. That's what stands out to me. 
Obviously, Zach Kolaris has been so good, but talking to some people in the league, they say especially him on second and long situations just breaks your back, and that's been critical for this undefeated start. I know you guys think I'm old, right? But I was like five and six years old when that Edmonton team was doing damage, right? Still sticks in your brain. That old. You have like that photograph. No, I said that I've seen. That <laughs> like I don't know how much I saw that. Although next time you're in, and I guess we got the week off. I have a list of my uh, my first words as written down by one of my babysitters. And I'm going to bring it in, and I want you to see it because it's kind of sort of Please. funny. And it may or may not include a few of those Edmonton football team players oh. from back in the day. It wasn't right. ball? ball? Sorry? Ball. Yeah. Ball. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was one of them. Ball. I think Rocky DiPietro was somehow uh, one of them too. Uh, so 18-0, there's no chance, right? Like, I, as much as I'll say this might be among the best teams I've seen, I have seen, 18-0 is just unrealistic in the game of football in the CFL, right? You're going to think I'm crazy, but there's a possibility if they play a full roster the entire season. That, to me, is what's holding them back. So look at the West Division here. Could that play into it? It could, but they went to BC and brought Nathan Work back down to reality in that game. Now, that's not to say that the Lions can't bounce back and play them well, and the Stampeders have played them very closely, one-possession games. No, but what I'm saying is because the rest of the West is good, they might need to play their starters till the end of the season because there could be a team right on their heels. Potentially. There's two teams in the West that are good. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders are a middle-of-the-pack team. Who? Saskatchewan. No. No. Middle of the pack. Cody okay. Fajardo said it himself. Yeah. And Edmonton's on the come up, but they're not going to be competitive this no. year. So I think it's two teams we're talking about. I think they have a chance. If they play a full roster, if Zach Kolaris starts 18 games, and I'm not saying that he's going to get knocked out by injury or anything like that, but if they decide to play him 18 games, right. they got a chance. Uh, I will say this. We are uh, we're giving props to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and they, they almost look like a dynasty. The Stamps had their chances, didn't they? They did yeah. in those games, right? Kamar Jordan drops a touchdown in the back of the end zone at IG Field. And even in Calgary, they're up late. But then what happens? Kolaris makes clutch plays. More times than not, that's when Bo Levi Mitchell steps up. Mm-hmm. But he's out-clutched every quarterback in the league for two and a half years. Years, now. yeah. Who Kolaros has, yeah. Yeah. And, and Bo Levi Mitchell's been one of those guys who's been able to do it in the past. I thought it was interesting. Listen, the part for me was the first half. Like, they left a lot. The Stampeders left a lot of points on the board in the first half of that game a week ago. But it was interesting to see how Bo Levi Mitchell reacted to that, eh? It was great. Classic Bo Levi Mitchell with his swagger and confidence and saying, this doesn't matter. This is a regular season. You can't win the Great Cup in the summertime. I'm worried about the playoffs. I don't think he's actually beat that team a thousand times like he said but he knows exactly what you're talking about that there were some misplays that can go the other way and the stamps could have easily won the game uh, for those who miss Bo's levi mitchell after the game here's what he had to say you feel like there can be value long term between losing these guys twice yeah 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 i mean you should you don't win the you don't win the great cup right now y'all can crown them right now if y'all want to but they're not gonna be the great cup champions you know today you don't seem devastated right now Guys, I mean, it's not the Grey Cup. If we'd have won, I wouldn't come in here hooting and hollering. You know what I mean? Yeah, do I want to beat them because they're undefeated? Yes, because they're you know, two-time Grey Cup champions? Yes, but this is not my Grey Cup. I beat that team a thousand times. I'm not worried about it. I'll see them in the playoffs.
I love it. God, that's love a veteran. <laughs> that's a veteran with some swag. He knows he's been there. He's got two rings. He's got two MOPs. He's done it at crunch time. And he's feeling himself a little bit. Bo Levi Mitchell looks rejuvenated. And he knows how close. It's literally inches in these games that we're talking about mm -hmm. that was the difference between winning and losing. And it'll be the same thing in the playoffs. All right, Al Pacino. <laughs> the inches. <laughs> uh, can the Ticats two-quarterback system work? Man, I'm not a fan of the two-quarterback system, <laughs> obviously, being a former Canadian University quarterback myself. But not a big deal. It has been working for them. <laughs> and we got to remember Tommy Condell, the offensive coordinator, won games with David Watford. That's no slight to him, but he's been able to scheme up different ways when this offense has been struggling mm -hmm. to win games. Now, do I think this can work long-term? No. Not in the CFL. Not in the CFL, but we've seen it happen, right? We referenced that Edmonton football team in the 80s. That was a two-quarterback system until Warren Moon took over. But with the, the salaries being what they are, I mean, this is why they can't have Jeremiah Masoli right now. Like, they could have, if, if it wasn't for the way the salaries are built towards quarterbacks in the league right now, you wouldn't have that two-quarterback system in Edmonton now. And it's the very reason why the Ticats can't have Jeremiah Masoli and Danny Evans right now. You likely wouldn't, but I think there's ways to do it, right? Okay. I'm Dane gonna, Evans is due to make 400000 this year and over 400000 next year. So if you go to him and say, look, we believe our best chance to win is with two of you guys in-house. So we can keep you on a cut-rate deal, maybe 200000 with some playtime incentives, or you can go f try to find a job elsewhere. And good luck because a lot of the teams look like right. they like the quarterbacks in-house. So you think they could restructure a deal and, and make it fair for both? Potentially, yeah. Or and if you're a true team player, both? like Evans says that he is, I mean, he's, we'll find out if that's for it's real. It's such a tough ass to do because it's not as if these guys make millions of dollars that they can put it's in the It's a business bank. aspect of it to me. No, no I got you. I got you. Uh, all right, so Canadian quarterback, speaking of, uh, Nathan Rourke, did, uh, did, did he put on a show against the Riders? Like, it, seem, it seemed like there may be some changed opinions in Saskatchewan, too. Definitely. Dude, that was Rourke's best performance of the young season for my money. Down 17-4 at Mosaic Stadium, which is arguably the most hostile environment in the CFL, and brings them back to score 28 unanswered and win the game. Yes, the defense pitched a shutout in the second half. we got to give them their props. But Rourke was unfazed, and that's what stands out to me about this kid. It doesn't matter if he throws an interception or gets smacked in the face or has an early fumble like he did in this game. He comes back and throws dimes like that for touch touchdowns in the toughest environment to play this kid is impressing everybody in the CFL and in the NFL this is what talent evaluators wanted to see in the NFL how would he handle adversity right. because it's going to happen if he gets his opportunity down south okay last one and you mentioned it earlier Cody Fajardo calling his riders a middle of the pack team I didn't know whether to believe him it sounds like you do I definitely do. They are. They're four and four. No, they I are. Know, but there was a good team. start, and then all of a sudden, and he's kind of been banged up a little bit. Like, is there more to this? I mean, he was talking about what he was going to do with the bye week. Yeah, he was happy to go home yeah. and <laughs> see his family, have a shower, and yeah. be with his baby shower. That isn't, and be with his wife. But to <laughs> me, you shower. know, I don't necessarily no showers in Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't baby necessarily shower, know if that's shower. what you want your quarterback talking about. You know what I mean? Like, would we ever hear Bo Levi Mitchell talk about that? No, Zach but I, that's why talk I felt that? like it was kind of gamesmanship. A little bit, but Fajardo's too much of a raw dude. I think what he says and what you see mm. is what he is. Here's the beauty of it. Over the final, eh, just over 10 weeks, we'll be able to find out, right? Nine against the West. Oh, boy. The damaged MCL.
All right, that is uh, Justin Dunk. This has been Dink and Dunk. Shut up, Jesse. On the Dink. other side, looking <laughs> fresh off of locking up Jonathan Uberdoto with an eight-year extension. Man of the Hour in Calgary, Brad Trilliving, will join us to discuss a, uh, a somewhat interesting offseason in Calgary. A little bit. We'll do that next here on Tim and Friends. You don't think the Riders are middle of the pack? Brad Living coming up, Mina Kimes coming up, Bianca Andrescu in studio coming up on this edition of Tim and Friends. Jesse, uh, we have a lineup for the Toronto Blue Jays who are coming your way just after 8 p.m. Eastern time tonight, Blue Jays Central, 7.30 Eastern right here on Sportsnet. Some intrigue, some interest always in this lineup. There always is from day to day, it seems. Uh, Whit Merrifield will be leading off and playing center field because there is no George Springer in the lineup today. Bo Bichette remains in the five spot. Uh, Santiago Espinal mm. will be playing second and your starter, Jose Barrios, as we know. We'll see if we get an update on George Springer coming yeah. up uh, in moments playing that game again, from are we? those in Minnesota. Yeah. My next guest has been a tad bit busy of late. He is the general manager of the Calgary Flames, fresh off a brand new eight-year deal for Jonathan Uberdo, avoiding arbitration with Andrew Madriapani. A somewhat uh, large trade, a slightly busy free agent frenzy. It's Brad Trilliving. Welcome back to Tim and Friends. Thanks for finding the time to do this. Hey, Tim. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing really well. So, you playing any golf these days or what? Yeah, no, if I said that, my wife would really uh, <laughs> throw everything out on the front lawn. But, no, it's been a busy couple of weeks for sure. So yeah. hopefully we, uh, hopefully it'll settle down here. I get it. Uh, all right, so let's start with the latest then. Uh, it's the richest contract in franchise history with the Uber O deal. Um, if you were the audience needs reminding, we heard about a dinner in Montreal. Um and all of a sudden something's done. Why was, why was it so important to get this done so quick? Well, like you said, it must be a slow news days if people are worried about where I'm eating dinner. Um, <laughs> the, uh, you know what? I, I, listen, we... It wasn't a Boston pizza, we, was it? It wasn't a Boston pizza. <laughs> no, it, wasn't, it wasn't a Boston okay. pizza. Um, you know, so just going through this process, we, you know, we made the trade and... And, and listen, we knew when we made the trade, we're trading for a player who's been in one place for a long time. And I don't care if you're playing in the NHL or if you're working on the Tim and Friends show. Um, you know, when you know one thing, it's it changes difficult. And and I know it was going to be a shock to him, so we wanted to give, you know, Jonathan and Mackenzie some time just to kind of, you know, get their feet under them and and and. And go through all those emotions that you go through when you when you're involved in a trade like this. And then, so I talked to him a few times over the phone and felt it was important to get out and and just spend some time with him, build a relationship. This is this is very much a relationship business. We're not dealing in in machinery and and uh, and machines. We're dealing with people. And so I wanted a chance to get to know him, him, me. We did we hadn't met before. Um, and just talk to him about the opportunity here. So. You could tell through that time he was, you know, he had gone through those stages of getting through um, the emotions of the trade, and uh, he was looking forward. And you know, during that time, I was in, you know, in constant communication with Alan Walsh, and, and we made the trade with the the with the purpose of signing these players. But mm. you don't know when a deal is going to come together. We we worked at it. Uh, Jonathan became real comfortable with the idea of of signing here long term. Um, and we were able to work out a deal, so it's uh, 
certainly a, a, a really good contract for a really good player, and we're, we're excited that we got it done. Are you going to Boston Pizza with a Mackenzie Weger anytime soon? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is, seems to be getting lots of questions about uh, our dining habits. No, we're, listen, we, we think Mackenzie's a really good player too, and we're excited to have him. Um, we try not to speak a whole lot about uh, dialogue, but we, we certainly, it's, it's no secret. We've, we've had discussions with his representative. We're going to continue those and see where it goes to, but, um, you know, excited to get this one done and, and see where things go with Mackenzie, but excited to have both players playing with us. All right, listen, we, we talked to uh, Andrew Mangiapane yesterday about, about the fans a little bit, about his deal, of course, and then uh, about the fans and, and what they've gone through over the last little while. Do you hope that this deal sends a message to those fans? Well, listen, it's been, it's been, a, it's been a roller coaster, and I, I, can, I can sympathize with our fans. You know, it's, um, you know and I made a comment the other, I guess a couple of weeks ago now, but you know, this is, listen, at the end of the day, we think this is a really, really good place to live. We think it's a really good place to work. We're, uh, you know, we feel fortunate to, to be able to work for the organization. We feel fortunate to, to live in this city. Um, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't from Calgary. Uh, we came here eight years ago. I think it's a great place to live, work, raise a family, all those types of things. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, what we had this summer is we had two really good players who, you know, had the rights to make decisions. And I'll never fault a player for that. And no different than a team can trade a player at any point. Right. These players made the decision, um, you know, that it was in their best interest to move along. And, and, and then we dealt with the situation as best we could. So um, I don't think by any, re, by any means that it's an indictment on, on where we are or where we live or the city of Calgary or the organization or anything. Decisions sometimes get made. And it's like anything in life when you – you have you, you you deal with adversity. It's how you, you when you go through adversity. It's how you deal with it. And we try to deal with it the best way we could. Um, but it's it's certainly a spot that uh, you know people that are from Calgary, live in Calgary, and been to Calgary. It's a wonderful spot, and we don't have to apologize for anything. And and uh, the group that's here and the, the people that play here are, are excited to do so. We've got a good team, and you know, like I said, we're excited to lock up a, a really good player yesterday. Some of your fans are asking me if you're done on the free agent market. Sorry, what was that, Tim? Some of your fans are asking me if you're done on that free agent market. There's still a few names out. I know there's some cap considerations to figure out. Uh, are you guys done? Well, I don't know if you're ever really done. You know, we got a long ways to go uh, till training camp, so you're always picking away and, and trying to help your team. Obviously, we've got a cap to work within. Uh, you know, we're, we're we're no different than anybody else up there. If there's if there's areas, whether it be through you know, free agency or, or otherwise, that we can help our team get better. I know it's a stock answer, and it sounds as cliche as it comes, but you know, we're certainly uh, we're certainly continuing to look at things and see if there's ways that we can we can help our team. I think we've changed our team a little bit. Like I said, uh, bringing in Jonathan, bringing in McKenzie. Uh, you know, you look at our goaltending; it was really strong last year. I think it's going to be real strong next year. I think you know, McKenzie adding to our blue line. It's a deep blue line. Um, it's a good blue line. And then we, you know, we continue to sort of, we've got extra defensemen right now. We continue to look at the forward group and see if there's ways that we can, you know, still play around with that. And, and we'll see what happens between now and, and training camp. We've got a long ways, long ways to go before we drop the puck, so we'll right. keep plugging away at it. Hey, listen, I understand that the last month may have been pretty hard as, as a general manager for this team. Are, are there any regrets with the way it went down with Johnny or Matthew? 
I mean, you always look back in these things. I don't, you know, at the end of the day, there's, you have to look forward, you know. Yeah. Um, those are good players. And uh, we say, you know, at the end of the day, they made decisions. We felt we did everything we possibly could um, to, to keep those players here. Um, but as I said earlier, players have, when, they, when you get to a certain stage in your career, when you have certain rights within the CBA, it's, it's fully within your right to make a decision. So I don't, I don't, I hold, I hold no ill will. Um, that's the business. And to me, it's like anything else. It's, it's how you move forward. And, uh, that's what we've tried to do here. So, um, you know, I, I don't have any regrets. Um, some things, sometimes things work out, Tim, sometimes they don't. And you have to, you know, you have to deal with the situation that you're in. So we certainly wish them all the very best, but, uh, our concern and our energy is going to be spent on, uh, you know, the people that are here and trying to continue to build our team. So that's where we're going to focus. All right, let's focus on that. And I know it's a difficult question, but before I let you go, do, do you feel like you guys can be better than you were last year? Like it's such a, it's such a quick tournament. You win your division. Things are looking great. I mean, experts all over North America are saying this is the type of team that can make a deep run. And then you have to make sweeping changes like you've made here. Um, do you feel like there's the possibility to be as good, if not better, than you were last year? Well, I mean, we'll, I guess the question is going to be we'll see. Um, you know, like as I said earlier, we still got – you know, we still got a long time before training camp. We still got a long time before we drop the puck. Ultimately, that's you know that's the goal. I look at you know we brought in some players. Um, as I said earlier, I think really from our, our defense and our goaltending, I think is very very solid. Um, the other thing that's still you know, and we're, again we're, we're, we'll continue to, to 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 try to tweak things. But you know, the thing that also encourages me, Tim, is is I, we still have players that you know mentioned Andrew Manchpenny that to me haven't. You know, there's still there's still room for them before they're reaching their ceiling. The Andrew Manapanjis, the Dylan Dubays, we saw really, you know, the growth of Elias Lindholm the last couple of years. So, you know, uh, Oliver Shillington took a big step yeah. last year. Um, so there's lots of stories that, you know, going into last year, I don't think people were talking a lot about Oliver Shillington or maybe Andrew Manapanjis getting 35 goals right. or who really was Daniel Vidar. And so I still think there's some growth um, within the organization. There's going to be some young guys pushing. Um, from below in terms of roster spots. And as I said earlier, you still continue to, to to plug away and see if there's ways to upgrade yourself throughout the rest of the summer. So certainly we're, we're trying to, to make sure that we're, we give ourselves every chance we can. Um, and we'll continue to work away to, 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 give us a, to give ourselves that chance. Awesome. Listen, you've always been good to us with your time, whether it's me, whether it's me and Sid. Uh, I just want you to know we appreciate it. And I think this could be among the greatest saves your franchise has seen, to be honest. Thanks again for doing this. I appreciate it. Okay, Tim. Thanks for having me on. Have a good summer. You too. You too. And maybe get out on the golf course. There's <laughs> Brad Treliving joining us here on Tim and Friends. Uh, Mike Vernon, mm -hmm. Mika Kiprasov, mm -hmm. and then what he's done in the last month. Yeah, no question. I felt like he enjoyed that too, which is, I mean, you're a nice guy to talk to, but like a lot of times people, you know. I think he might be tired though. You think so? Yeah, a little giddy. It's, it's got a lot going on. Yeah. yeah. Hey, listen, Bianca Andreescu is going to join us back in this studio for the first time in a while. We'll have a great discussion with one of the best of the business, Bianca, next here on Tim and Friends. <laughs> Now, time for Real Sports Talk.
with Tim McAuliffe and friends of the show. Muchas gracias, Sheepdogs, back here. Hour number two, Tim and friends, full hour, Sportsnet, Sportsnet 360. Still to come, Mina Kimes on Deshaun Watson. Plus, thank golf, it's Friday, but we have a very special guest in studio. And she's been in these parts before. Let's take you back. September 2019, Bianca Andreescu, fresh off of winning the U.S. Open and gracing us in this studio. I saw a tweet, and you called your mom a straight G. And every time we saw your mom, the straight G, there was like I was nervous watching you for points. And and mom, no, my mom just, is. And I know Sylvan is the same, but do you get it no, from mom? No, she is. She is. I think I get it from her. Yeah. She stays so calm and collected in the toughest moments. So definitely, I guess I have some good genes that run in the family. We have got a yes, gift I basket. Saw that. For you, Tim and from, from the oh Tim and citizens who watch this go. show. Should I open this? This yep. is very special. This is uh, that is from Square One in Mississauga. This is, a, is this a gift card? It's a twenty dollar gift certificate. <laughs> a twenty dollar gift card to I Square, love Square One. One. In I grew up there. <laughs> I grew up in that. So mall. that, along with the three point eight five million from Saturday, it's been a, <laughs> it's been a good weekend. Way. So this is for Coco. <laughs> With my face on it, I think she sees me enough. Yeah. <laughs> that is okay. for Coco. So that's for Coco. So she's sitting in oh, the stand. Oh, thank you for choosing a decent picture. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's one for you on top, and that has Coco. Yeah. That has Coco's picture on it. Well, that's how you guys are the best. This dog's really. been in the room the whole time, and it's been a dream, by the way. Yeah. It has not made a yeah. single piece. Straight G for Mama. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so in lieu of the U.S. Open trophy, we got the Larry O.B. No way, guys. Yes, way. I'm just going to stand here next to you like I'm security. <laughs> Wait, can I hold it? Of course, yes. Can we? Yeah. See, I okay. got like a yeah, whole exam on how to hold it. Be honest, <laughs> just grab it. No problem. Okay. Here you go. So I don't it's know very cool. Are winning US Open are holding this trophy? There you go. This is so cool. So uh, I love that Sixero had to put gloves on, and they're like, "Yeah, you can hold it." In <laughs> <laughs> uh, the immortal words of Marshall Mathers, guess who's back, ladies and gentlemen? U.S. Open champion, Rogers Cup champion, friend of the show, Bianca Andreescu, homegirl, Bianca Andreescu. Thank you for coming back in studio. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Uh, God's honest truth. So they came in with the Larry O'Brien trophy, and they, they're like, who's going to touch it? And Sid they gave him gloves. Love and then Bianca them. says, hey, can I hold it? And they're like, yep, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> no one said a word. I love that moment so much. I mean, the gifts were extraordinary. Honestly, one of my favorite interviews of all time, just because of the buzz and the grace that you had and the family, and you could see the pride in the family. But I'm like, I'm confused. I'm watching that and like I don't know if it feels like yesterday or 10 years ago like what does it feel like to you a bunch of different things I mean sometimes it feels like it was yesterday sometimes it feels like so long ago I mean with COVID I, that didn't help I took like a year and a half off but I had time to absorb everything and I feel like I matured so much from that time off so it was kind of like everything happens for a reason kind of thing. Right. Um, but I mean, I look back at that moment and I mean, I'll never forget it. It's the best moment of my career. You mentioned the time off and I was going to get there eventually, but since we're there, yeah. um, how different is the woman that sits beside me right now than the one that sat just over there talking to Sid and I in 2019? <laughs> Uh, definitely more patient, more aware of her feelings, um, of her surroundings. I feel that 
I look at myself and my sport differently, but in a more healthy way. Like I don't identify myself too much with the winning and the losing. Um, I kind of look at the sport as it being a game, which it is. I don't want to take it that lightly, but in a way, I felt like I was taking things way too seriously. Um, I just took a lot of time for myself. I spent a lot of time with my family, with my friends. I picked up martial arts. I started dancing again. Oh, Did so, yeah. Watch out. <laughs> Be careful what yeah. you say. I um, will. <laughs> Oh, well. Duly noted. Uh, I did some hip hop, some um, nice. some yoga, a lot of yoga. Right. I went on a meditation retreat. Like I did a bunch of things, but I, I loved it so much. I, I heard you say to Carolyn Cameron that uh, you fell back in love with the sport. And yeah. and listen, uh, God's honest truth, pulling back the curtain when the pandemic hit, I did a lot of what you're talking about. And I never thought I would be a dude meditating every day, <laughs> but I am it's a dude a life who, changer. yeah. Yeah, it, is, it has allowed me to just, and I was super intense at this job. <laughs> you could ask Jesse mm -hmm. Rubinoff or anyone around here. And it's, and it's given me a little bit of perspective, like, yeah. like you're kind of you're yeah. talking about here. And yeah. so has all of that allowed you to kind of appreciate what you had more, which is kind of crazy? Maybe something along the lines of like, you miss something enough, it becomes a little bit more valuable? Yeah, I think that's definitely um, a big part of it. And it really, like you said, makes you appreciate those moments because, I mean, the last three years have been pretty difficult for me. And, um, you know, you can't always win a Grand Slam. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, I hope I can at one point. Right. But, you know, you just got to take things day by day. Um, and for me, patience was a key, even through injuries. And um, having that... Um, patience and maturity really got me through um, all these tough times, especially COVID. Like that to me was the toughest. I mean, my grandmother as well, she suffered through it. So I don't take it lightly. Honestly, um, I often have to talk sports fans out of knee-jerk reactions because they're passionate about what they love. And oftentimes I'll go to a graph and I don't know where I got it from. I know it's contributed to a bunch of different people, but it talks about success and I, I talk about it as progress and it's it's not a straight line it's this and i, I see this all Literally, the time yeah. do, do you now kind of look at where you were in 2019 and where you are and understand a little bit more that what it looks like and what it really is are kind of sort of different yeah i mean in a way 2019 didn't come easy to me but it came so quickly and yeah. so perfectly like it couldn't have went better than that and so Having uh, you know 2021 maybe not go my way kind of grounded me in a way, and really um, made me think of success truly like that. And um, I know that. Well, I try to look at how everything happens for a reason. I try to pick at different things, like how can I improve here? How can I how can I improve there? And like I said, just take it day by day. That's the biggest thing for me, and just continue to appreciate every day. Right. That's the other part is gratitude. Yeah, gratitude is. I do gratitude meditation every morning, yeah, just awesome. to like get my day started. Yeah. Whenever I whenever I do a little bit of the meditation, one of the ones that I've heard that I have on repeat that I've now favored on my favorite app is our greatest glory is not never falling, but in rising every time we fall. Yes, it's all about how you look at things, right. especially through the difficult times. Has it changed your vision of what you want to be? The time off. Yeah, the time just, off for the yeah. last couple of years. Yeah, I um, am looking at myself in a totally different way. I mean, I, I've always had goals of 
being an inspiration for others, but now I have more specific goals on how I want to do that. Um, on my time off, I did visit a lot of charities. I did um, a lot of stuff with um, Toronto Humane Society, with Yellow Brick House, which is um, a domestic woman violence shelter. And um, going there really made me realize why I really play the sport. And I kind of now look at it as a platform um, for me to be able to help others or contribute to a better world. Well, not just that. So Grand Slam winner, I forgot, author. Uh, a children's oh, book. I like this. Yeah. Is, is that all part of the, the growth process too, the children's book? For sure, for sure. It started back in 2020 actually, and I mean, with everything going on, uh, we kind of postponed it, but I think it turned out so lovely, yeah. BB's got game. BB's got game, yeah. And I've, I've gotten so much great feedback, and I'm just so grateful with everyone who helped me uh, publish it and write it and illustrate it and all of that. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. All right, so let's talk some tennis here. Let's get onto the court for a let's second. Do it. I, I know uh, I know it's harder given your ranking right now because you've got tougher matches earlier in tournaments given the ranking. Uh, but do you feel like you're closer? I do. Yeah. Day by day, yeah. I feel like I'm getting stronger physically, mentally, and um, yeah, right now I feel like I'm in such a good place in all aspects and I don't. I wouldn't say I have um, tremendous uh, achievement goals right now. I just want to go through it in the most positive and healthy way, um, and just having fun. That's what I did in 2019. I had fun. Right. Didn't have much to think about. I mean, now I have a couple more things to think about, but <laughs> you know, I gotta manage it as best as I can. Speaking of managing things, how's the back? I know there are tennis fans that want me to ask about it. Yeah. Um, so right now I'm taking it day by day, but it's looking pretty good. So. Tuesday it is. Tuesday I'm it is. I'm so excited, yeah. Is being at home fun? Is it a pain in the butt because you have to speak <laughs> to jabronis like me and do interviews in studio and stuff like you that? You know, I actually really, really like it. Um, I feel that, I mean, I did take a break. I haven't done it in a while. I don't know how it's going to be if I, you know, do well and start doing it a lot again. But uh, even back in 2019, I really loved it. I love connecting with my fans. I love connecting with people like you guys. and. Um, I'm excited. Like I just, I can't believe it's been three years since it's since it's been held here in Toronto. Yeah. So, yeah, this is where I grew up. So I'm very pumped. So there's some good memories of the women's draw being in Toronto. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I know. How about that? So what's it like when you are in that zone? And like, I mean, I guess if you're talking about mindfulness, there's like that flow factor. Uh, do you, do you feel like you can find that flow again? And does things like familiarity kind of sort of help? Yeah, for sure. Uh, playing on these courts, I feel very comfortable with. Um, but uh, with the whole like meditation aspect and visualization aspect, that also helps. And I feel that I, I took so much time off. I just got to get back on my feet, like continue right. to play matches and continuing to stay healthy physically and mentally is super important right now for me. How often have you been back to that stadium since you, I know, listen, there wasn't, Ugh, there wasn't a moment. Not as much, yeah. <laughs> sadly, no. I'm, so will it bring I'm back, will flood so memories much. come back or something for here? For sure, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, the biggest memory for me was uh, wiping down my tears while I was walking on the court for the final because I was talking to my coach, Sylvain, at the time. And I was like, I, I can't believe I'm playing like one of the players. Like I grew up watching, I was just wiping down my tears, but tears of joy. Yeah. And then, I mean, it didn't turn out the way people wanted to, but 
I did win, so that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> but even in that, you handle yourself with such class Thank and you. such dignity and, and the hug with the embrace with, with Serena. D does all that kind of come back once you walk back onto that, that court, you think? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think it's going to help a lot because I am a little nervous, like playing in front of my home crowd, especially after um, what happened in 2019. I'll definitely be nervous, but having those feelings again and just stepping back on court, I'm sure will will help get yeah. those nerves down just go a little. Play tennis like, <laughs> just go play tennis like you did when you were 12 years old. Yeah, that's that's always the goal, honestly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's awesome. All right, listen, um, I have to apologize. Uh oh. There is no Larry O'Brien <laughs> trophy in studio today. It's actually in Vaughn right now. Some guy is named really? some guy named Andrew Wiggins has it in Vaughan, oh Ontario, which for those in Vancouver <laughs> and in Saskatchewan right now uh, is like uh, 15 minutes from Bianca's home in Mississauga and yeah, around yeah. the Toronto. So apparently Andrew Wiggins took priority over us, but I couldn't have you in without giving you a gift. Aww, so last time, last time it was a square one gift card. We saw all of it. Uh, this time We've, oh got gosh, the, uh, we've got me. the gift bag for you again. Because it can't just be when you Early win a Christmas. big tournament that we have stuff for you. So. Oh, you're sweet. Oh, we got Cineplex. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I watch a, movies all the time. There's a note on the back, by the way. Oh, yeah, just should to, I read it? Yeah. Don't spend it all in one. <laughs> 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 you guys are so creative. Okay, let's see this. Oh, by the way, I wear a Coco shirt. My mom wears her shirt all the time. That so let's awesome. see what this is. Uh, this time around, we decided we'd bring the Larry O'Brien oh, to you. I love that. Um, and we, I know. I love that. I know it might be hard to wear your own shirt. Like it I says mean, your name it might on it. feel a little self-centered. Maybe but mama <laughs> would wear it. Could mama maybe, wear it? Maybe mama. No, mama's got too much style. She's got too much style to wear that, right? <laughs> uh, she's she's a proud mama though. Maybe she'll wear it. And we got an eye. I'm a friend. And I am a friend. Hoodie. Oh, I love it. Thank you, guys. So we. Thank you, thank you. We uh, we wanted to give you the gift bag. We wanted to know that we are we are fans forever here. Thank you. Uh, no matter the highs, no matter the lows, mm -hmm. and part of that is part of the process. So we always thank you for thank coming you. in studio. Thank you. No, and I appreciate that. We wish you the best of luck. So do you know your draw yet? No, and don't tell me yet. If you know, don't. I mean, uh, okay, fine. I guess no, tell, no, 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 tell me. No, just tell me. Just tell me. I don't know. I was like. Usually, I like to know like a day or two before, but whatever. We're here now. Can I look, tell guys? Me. Oh, I thought you had it no, there. No, right? I don't oh, have okay. it yet. So maybe I shouldn't have said tell me. No, no it's okay. Just tell me. Oh no. <laughs> Kina, round one. Okay. Okay, I played her here in 2019. <laughs> yeah. That's a good match. Okay. Okay, I have right. some. I have some good wins over her. So. I don't have the, I don't have the record in front of me. So Why are you laughing? Because he was so timid to say the no, name. No, because so I saw the reaction. Was like, <laughs> oh no, you're yeah, good. I, do I want to know? Because no, I knew it was going on while we were talking, and I was like, someone, one of my friends, probably would have told me anyway. So. Would have got a text yeah. halfway down. Right. But how do you feel at being the first one to tell me? I don't know. Well, Asking you a question. When when you when you win, I'll feel really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like right. that. I like that. Uh, great having you in studio. Great having you. And anytime you want to pop by, want to talk meditation. Uh, I haven't started the yoga yet. I'm a little afraid about my flexibility. You're to be honest, right now. A little nervous. <laughs> but uh, we the rest can of start it we from scratch. No worries. Awesome. I would love to. Thanks, Bianca. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the lovely and talented. Bianca.
Bob Andrasky. Time for a break. When we come back, it is Friday, which means Thank Golf is Friday with Jesse. Tim and friends, we're off next week because we're handing it off to some folks at tennis, and now we know a first-round matchup next. It's a $50 gift certificate, though. Yeah, yeah. I, every time I'm here, I go there. Every time. So this is perfect. I'm, I'm being serious. Welcome back to Tim and Friends. It is the opening match of the 31st Premier League season. Earliest start date ever in the top flight because there's a Winter World Cup. We begin in the 20th minute Gunners Corner. New addition, Alex Zichenko heads it back to the area. Gabriel Martinelli finds the back of the net in his 1-0 arsenal. 42nd minute ball centered to Hudson Edwards. Great chance in tight, turned away by Aaron Ramsdale. Able to parry it to the side, second half, nice ball through. This time it's Eze with a point blank opportunity and it is the former blade of Sheffield. Ramsdale able to shut the door. 85th minute, Saka dancing into the area. His cross attempt goes off of a Palace defender. Great run. It's an own goal, but it's also well-earned by Saka. 2-0, Arsenal opened the campaign with a victory over Crystal Palace from Arsenal to a former Liverpool man, Sadio Mane, Mane. Bayern Munich. Great name. Sadio Mane or yeah. Liverpool? Oh, I thought for a second you were a Liverpool fan. I didn't no. know that about you. No, uh, how about not. this? The flares, the fog, why not take it off the free kick? Joshua Kimmich does, and through the smoke, it's a 1-0 lead. It almost seems unfair. 29th minute, Serge Nabry taps it over. Mane heads home his first goal, at least his first league goal for his new club. Bayern begin season strong, 6-1 over Eintracht Frankfurt. 6-1. Byron just too good for the rest of Germany. Yeah. yeah. Has not been the case for a very long time. They always build up Borussia Dortmund and all their young kids. Like, they're able to give them a run. Basically, for a decade, it's been Bayern Munich. Yeah. It's always those, those two, though. A tier above. No, I think it's just a tier just one. one, one tier. And then it's Fine, we'll shut up, then. No, I'm, I'm trying. I'm, honestly, for years, I've tried to give Bayern, uh, Borussia Dortmund that kind of love. And it's never happened. It's just Bayern. It is just Bayern. Champs League. That's where they get their action. Um, you want to go from sport to sport here? Yeah, why not? That's what we do on the show. That is exactly what we do. Oh, I know why. Thank golf. It's Friday. Got it. Were you waiting for me to do that? No. Thank golf. It's Friday. Brought to you by Golf Town. I was waiting for you to do it. <laughs> we got through it. Uh, look, there's a lot going on in the world of, of golf in general these yes. days. Like PGA, Live, LPGA. Let's begin with the LPGA because it's the AIG Women's Open, the second round. Brooke Henderson sitting at one under after round one, par four, sixth. Henderson with the second shot. Sticks it on the green, leads to a birdie. The Smiths Falls, Ontario native shoots a one under 70. Six shots back in the lead, that's nothing. So this isn't the British Open. She'll be around. This is the AIG Women's Open. You got that right. Madeline Sagstrom, check this out, catches the slope. This is just Lynx, Lynx golf. Rolls back towards the hole, leads to one of her eight birdies on the day. She's at seven under after round two. Later on 13, Ingi Chun, birdie attempt. Oh, yeah, we've both had a couple of those over the years, huh? You, you Wouldn't you walk around in the shadow trying yeah. to... Oh, oh, there it is, the 
that's what I would do. I think it's like 10 seconds you're allowed to weigh something like that. You know you put your shadow over it, eh? Yeah. No, that's a thing? You didn't know that? What, it changes the air? No, it changes, yeah, it changes the bent of the grass. Wow. Where did you learn that? Uh, I watched it on golf once. That's a beautiful shot. You watched it on golf once? Yeah, like I saw a, a, a professional golf. I'm trying to think of who it was, but I watched it on TV, and he walked around to put his shadow on the ball, and they say that the if you stand there long enough, the bent, and this could be horse bleep, but <laughs> the bent of the grass will change. Well, because you've put the... Next week, it shows shot. off, so we're going to have to try that. Oh, now, yeah? Right? We're going to have to try that. Well, I'd have to get it that close. I haven't played this year. Yeah. Okay, so it's a major season in the LPGA. I mean, I played with Ken Reed and Colby Armstrong. I've seen that yeah. on, on yeah. YouTube, but on the show. Like, yeah, they're, yeah. Uh, the PGA has the Wyndham Championship going on right now. A pair of real nice shots on the par 312. First up, Blake McShay starts this putt way, oh my goodness, way above the hole, rolls all the way down the hill and in for birdie. Same hole, Adam Scott, one of the most beautiful swings on tour. A pretty good chip here. Well past the hole, uses the slope, ball comes back. I mean, I don't know about this hole. Seems like they've figured something out there. Using the slope. Is there a Did you hear the VO? Is there a magnet? Yeah, yeah. something's up there. Uh, Two-time major runner-up this year, Will Zalatoris, sitting at two over. One of the best ball strikers on tour. Ooh, was in danger of missing the cut until the par four 13th. That's an eagle. Gets him even par, par five 15th. Can you imagine if they were like so freaked out by Liv that they actually put magnets in? Yeah, that would be that would be neat. like the Bugs Bunny right. from Space Jam. That's an eagle again. Uh, moves to two under. We've got a three-way no, tie atop the leaderboard. It's not an eagle. That's a fox. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Funny man, eh? Uh, <laughs> Funny man, eh? Funny man, eh? Okay. Uh, okay. Most people uh, clearly are, are getting a little bit sick of the Live Golf PGA Tour drama. I think. Yeah. Us, us included. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it continues to fracture the sport, and it took an ugly, ugly turn this week. 11 live players filed an antitrust lawsuit against the PGA, challenging the suspensions given to the players by their former tour. One of the players, Bryson DeChambeau, went on Tucker Carlson tonight to discuss the suit, among other things, including this wild analogy. You have a pizza shop that's been in existence for 50 years, and all the customers go to it. It's a great product. All of a sudden, a new pizza shop opens up, right? And they start paying the customers to come eat at their place. And that pizza is potentially a little bit better of a, of a pizza, right? And then all of a sudden, that original pizza house goes, if you go over there, we're banning you from ever coming back to our you know, pizza shop. What's wrong with that economic model? Huh? You tell me what's wrong with that economic model. What, what is the he pizza say? shop pays you what is, yeah. to go eat the pizza. Yeah, that does. And, and yeah. It might be a better pizza. Right. They pay you that's what's to eat important. I'll, I'll tell you what's wrong with the economic model is that other place can't make money. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's what's wrong with the economic model. I just thought uh, we had to. These play guys hit the lottery. Yeah. Stop being douchebags about it. Honestly, they hit the lot. This is the greatest time in the history of golf to be a golfer, and these guys are being douche. Like either you're being bribed by someone that you probably don't want to do business with, or it's easier now on the former tour to win. It's the greatest time to be a golfer, a male golfer on planet Earth than it ever has, and these guys are still being douchebags. Yeah, and they use the excuse that they wanted to play less, and now they want to come back. For the playoffs, well, some of them said some of them want to come back ice. and play in the playoffs to get more money. I mean, like, give me the joke. cake and eat it too. Go what, away. You're you're a hundred pounds overweight. Who cares? Let me eat more. Shut up, Bryce. That's right. 
okay, it's time for another Golf Town giveaway. We asked, what is your favorite Canadian golf course to play and why? Plenty of great responses, as usual, from the loyal Tim and Friends supporters. Our winner of the $200 gift card this time, Xavier, who writes in from his dad's account, showing off Banff Springs, oh, that course that. currently 11th in Golf Digest's latest Canadian rankings. I said he's writing from his dad's account. Favorite course is Banff Springs, reason being the scenery, and it feels like you shoot further. Also, you get to share it with wildlife as seen in one of the images. Yeah, I mean, I'm that is, scared look of at that. Woo! There's like bears on Banff Springs. Like, Yeah, no, I'm out on that. <laughs> like round over. You, you see, I mean, even foxes, I'm a little, I get a little, I, I need to be in zen. To, what are you making a face for? What are you making a face? Foxes. Did you see the size of the fox that we just Foxes saw? can be dangerous, I think. I think. Don't quote me on that. Coyotes are bad. Coyotes are bad. That's right. All right, I'm going to shut up. That's it. Go to break. Oh, and that was Thank Golf It's Friday. <laughs> Thank Golf It's Friday. Brought to you by Golf Town. We believe adventure starts at the first tee. So come out and play. So that's why you're being quiet. You're waiting for me to say that. Sly like a I fox here. Right? Nice. <laughs> After the break, the fallout. From the slap on the wrist for Deshaun Watson continues. We're going to discuss the six-game suspension, the appeal. Listen, I would like to talk to Mina Kimes about other things, but we might have to walk down this road mm. next. I'm not afraid to admit, as I did off the top of the show, that my next guest has my complete and utter professional jealousy. Unfortunately for me, as the former host of Canada's Longest-running NFL show, The Score in the NFL. I'm not as smart as ESPN football analyst and host of the aptly named Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny. It is Mina Kimes. What's going on, Mina? How are you? Hi. Oh, gosh, I don't know what there is to be jealous of, but thank you for having me on. I just love what you've carved out for yourself. It is unbelievable. Plus, I'm an old Lebetard fan from way back in the day, and I just feel like you've carved out this wonderful niche for yourself, and I'm kind of sort of professionally jealous. Oh, well, thank you for having me on. Anytime. I'd love, he I'd love to sit here and, and shoot the breeze, you know, but gazing blank-eyed at Nick Mullins and Marvin Hall last night. Maybe our shared Jags optimism in year 1 a.m. after Meyer. But there are some hard-hitting stories out there, and I think we need to go there. Are you cool with that? Yeah, whatever you want. All right, so, so let's start with the Deshaun Watson story and the appeal. Why in the good name of Kenny Easley, every person who hears this case has to have an initial in their name to sound smarter from Sue L. Robinson to Peter <laughs> C. Harvey. But let's let's start with the actual appeal. Are you surprised that the NFL walked this road of going down the road of appeal? No, not at all. Uh, I don't think the NFL wanted to, certainly when they created this new system, which collectively bargained in the latest CBA with an independent arbiter, and then the NFL retaining the ability to come over the top, over the top, pardon me. Um, I, I imagine when they came up with that, they didn't plan on coming over the top right away, yeah. especially because they created the new system in part because Roger Goodell had been maligned, you know, so many times for being judge, jury, executioner, and for having to do uh, really a very difficult task in trying to step in where the law does not in adjudicating some of these punishments. But when Judge Robinson came in with her decision, and notably, I would say, not just a decision to only suspend Deshaun Watson for six games after the NFL requested a year and indefinite suspension, but also put out a statement in which in the finding sections of, in the, pardon me, in the finding section of her statement, which you can read online, it's at ESPN.com, 
largely agreed with the NFL's conclusions yeah. as it came to Watson, you know, saying that she believed they met the burden of proof for establishing sexual assault had taken place. She believed that there had been unwanted touching, that Watson knew it was unwanted. Well, I imagine the NFL saw those conclusions and despite the decision to go with six games, which was based on precedent, felt we're confident in our ability to set a new precedent and override her decision. Yeah, that's the that's the thing here that I kept hearing, which was precedent from Sue L. Robinson. But when you take into account that Greg Hardy was suspended for four games for something completely and utterly disgusting, we realize that the precedent was horse bleep. Yeah. Yeah, it, and that's the thing, right? Like, so she's based her decision on a couple of things. Precedent and then her interpretation of sexual violence. Basically, she right. said that because she felt it was nonviolent conduct, which candidly, I disagree with. I've said I've disagreed with. I don't think that uh, adheres to a lot of definitions of sexual violence that I've seen from public health groups. But that said, she leaned on that precedent. And, and Tim, the issue is that precedent was under the old system that right. they're trying to replace. That precedent was based on a lot of punishments that many people disagree with. Um, precedent exists until it has changed. And given, I think, that she said in her report that this was not only predatory behavior, but it was beyond the scope of anything the NFL had seen before, it really is not totally surprising or, I think, unwarranted for the NFL to, come, to, to pardon me, change that suspension and lengthen it. Was there part of you that hoped that Roger Goodell would decide this and that he wouldn't appoint someone else? You know, I I wouldn't say hoped, but I was curious yeah. because um, so much of Roger's legacy as a commissioner has revolved around this topic. You know, Tim, I, I, when I first started covering the NFL for ESPN, it was in 2014, Roger Goodell had just made one of the greatest mistakes of his career. And people are watching might be saying, well, it's been a lot of mistakes. But I would argue that the uh, initial two game suspension of Ray Rice, former Baltimore Ravens running back who was caught on video engaging in domestic violence. Well, uh, that was a massive, massive stain on not the reputation, not just the reputation of the NFL, but I would also argue the reputation of Goodell period. Since then, there's been other suspensions. There's been blowback. Um, but I have to think upon considering this case, which is perhaps more high profile than any case since Ray Rice, Roger Goodell probably saw correctly that his own legacy is in a way on the line. Right. Are you cool that the NFL under this new system gets two cracks at it? Essentially? Yeah. Honestly, yes. I, you know, in a perfect world, that wouldn't be the case. In a perfect world, um, there would be a very obvious and clear standard uh, for all of these cases. But the reality is incidents involving sexual assault, uh, domestic violence, well, they're hard enough to bring in a real court, right? Which is something we see time and time again because of, uh, at times, the lack of evidence, at times, um, victims not feeling comfortable coming forward. Um, so knowing that, I think it's an impossible standard for the NFL to always come down with the same punishments and to remove themselves completely from the situation, uh, especially when you get a decision like this. I thought it was incredibly telling that when the NFL, when, it, when news broke that the NFL was going to appeal this decision, um, people seemed largely okay with it. I mean, I'm saying people, you know, that's just me, uh, I guess, trying to get a gauge of public opinion, which is imperfect. But you have to think most of the time, if the NFL were to do that, there would be a lot of outcry. And Tim, it did not seem that way to me. I think most 
of the public, and, I, and I've seen polls on the subject as well, mm-hmm. seem to feel that six games was insufficient and did agree with the NFL's decision. Yeah, I would agree with that. And a little too obvious these days in 2022 that we don't live in the perfect world. Uh, the Dolphins' Stephen Ross ruling was another thing altogether. I'm going to ask you what jumped out at you the most, but there's several layers to this onion too. Uh, there's the level of tampering. There's the statement from the Dolphins and Ross that acted like they were exonerated when they weren't, or the fact that none of the racial discrimination charges levied by Brian Flores were addressed at all. Which one do you want to crack at the most? Well, we'll start with the tampering because that is what the NFL did find yeah. uh, Stephen Ross engaged in. It is what they... Uh, Punish him for it. but this is the very way you punish him, by the way. A first and a third round pick, more so than any suspension, who cares if an owner is really suspended, by the way, or a minute minuscule fine. Those picks, um, if you were to actually value them on the open market, would be massively, massively expensive. And I have to imagine uh, Stephen Ross was not happy about that. But what struck me about it was um, in the spring, around the time of the draft, when it was this story was reported, uh, notably by Ben Volan at the Boston Globe, I believe had it first, that um, the Miami Dolphins had talked to Tom Brady and he was considering becoming like a, a front office executive, maybe a player down there. It, it weirdly flew under the radar. And I, I guess it was because he unretired so quickly and it was kind of a, a big what if, I don't know. But essentially the NFL confirmed it was all true, which yeah. is, Wild. And Sean that Payton retired player. around the same time. Like, it's and crazy. Sean Payton was involved in it. Well, you know, it's like every conspiracy theory you think is a conspiracy theory actually turned out to be true. Um, and so I guess that, to me, I thought the punishment was fair, honestly. Um, I didn't, I have to say, uh, team tampering with a player in that way doesn't really get my hackles up from a moral perspective. Um, I I thought that was pretty notable. What I thought was equally notable, though, and this is to your other point about Coach Brian Flores, um, the NFL did not punish Stephen Ross for tanking. They did, however, say in their report that he told not just Brian Flores, but several people on the Dolphins staff, "Uh, I want you to prioritize the draft over your win-loss record. Tim, if that's not saying I'm okay losing, I don't know what is. So to have all these parties come out and say, oh, they're exonerated and Brian Flores is wrong, I just simply don't think that's true based on the NFL's own conclusions. Me either. And, and here's here's the problem. And we'll, we'll find out when it goes to court. But I worry that white folk like me could be wondering about the discrimination piece of this. And for me, the hiring of a minority and thinking that you can bully or fat out bribe them into losing on purpose when that's their livelihood, that becomes a concern to me. And listen, I think that could happen to white dudes just as easy, but the callousness of this in the instance is kind of troubling, no? Oh, I 100% agree. Um, Studies have shown own that non-white coaches do have in recent years, but certainly um, throughout NFL history, have received less of a shot when it comes to the tenure, uh, the uh, number of years uh, of opportunities that they're given, their second chance opportunities. Right. We see this time and time again, and I do think that connects to Brian Flores's other allegations of discrimination with regards to the sham interviews, which is not something that took place with the Dolphins, but another part of this puzzle. I do think it all fits together. And I think as much as the NFL seemingly wants to brush it aside as with regards to the Dolphins, it should not be brushed aside and it's something we have to continue to pay attention to. And I think we'll be able to do that because it'll go to court and they won't be able to brush it aside. Mina, uh, a longtime fan, first-time caller. Thanks for doing this. I enjoyed it. There is uh, Mina Kimes, ESPN.
NFL analyst. All right, it's time now for our headline of the day. And in a time where I struggle with the idea that many of us never get past the headline, there are the rare occasions when that's all you need. Here's the headline. Cleveland hosting the National Massage Therapist Convention one block away from Brown Stadium. <sighs> and for the love of God, please don't read the website's name in your Sean Connery voice. Coming up, we'll get the last call. Kevin Grant's for Brubenhoff. Next. You saw the website's name. Yeah. <clears throat> you can tell why you're, I can tell why you're jealous of me. Yeah. Yeah, she's just smarter than I am. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty crazy, I have to say. The graphic says it all, my friends. Last call here on Tim and Friends. In fact, we are off next week for the National Bank Open presented by... So, this is the last call for an entire week and two days. It's an interesting uh, paradox because this is fun, but we also we're off for a week. So it's like you have a struggle. Fun versus fun. Yeah, yeah exactly fun right. Fun. It's yeah, fun versus fun. I got you. My family, though, doesn't think it's the same. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very, very good point. Uh, Xavier has written in again again after uh, winning the Golf Town gift oh, card. Oh, nice. Uh, thanks, Tim and friends, for the Golf Town gift card. Really appreciate it. Also, by the way, Jesse, it was a coyote in the photo I sent. Don't worry, we've only seen it once, and it looked like it was hunting prairie dogs. So I spent the break Coyotes. researching coyotes. Yeah. Like, not that dangerous. Like, attacks on humans are rare. Just, you know, tre I think tread lightly. Right. Around coyotes. Appreciate Just that. Saying. Foxes. I think foxes and coyotes are more afraid of you than you are of them. Which is most animals, right? Correct. But even bears, right? I don't know. We're getting I don't, real life. Ba bears. Nature combo. Here. Bears scare me. And Kelly Rudy gave us. The, I don't know if you remember the Kelly Rudy story about the bears and when he goes for his hikes and stuff like that. But um, they scare me because they can tear you apart. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I think I could win a fight with a good kick and a coyote. Maybe a fox for sure. You gotta do yoga before you do the kick. The bear, I'm in Get trouble. that leg higher. Uh, yes. Especially if you're out west, right? Because you got the, the grizzlies and stuff. I think here we're... That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Even if you get a lot above the tree line here, yeah. Yeah, I go on canoe trips. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fear of mine. It's a fear of mine out in Algonquin Park. All right, we mentioned it earlier. No George Springer up in the, the Jays lineup. Right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, no Springer in the Jays lineup tonight in Minnesota. He'll sit out for the fifth time in the last seven games with elbow discomfort. Feels like that's going to be a running theme the rest of the way. That was such a city boy conversation, by the way. Like, we're both city boys. But it is what it is. Yeah, no, I, it is what it is. Yeah. But there are people who are watching that aren't city boys going, these idiots. That's fair enough. <laughs> yeah. that's I'm fine. okay to admit that I am scared bleepless of bears. <laughs> Coyotes and foxes, I'm okay. Bears and raccoons. Raccoons? <laughs> yeah, don't get me started on raccoons. But you're in Toronto. You live in Toronto. Yeah, don't get me started on raccoons. They're dangerous. But there's, like, literally, there's more they're, raccoons than there are humans in the GTA, basically. They're, they're scared Not of you. Quite. I'm kidding. But don't corner one. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's get back to the lineup here as we continue to take last call off the, ra off the rails on a Friday. It's okay, we got a week of vacation. That's right, we can do whatever we want. Is that how it works? Yeah, kind of. Whit Merrifield will play center field and bat leadoff. John Schneider gave an update on Springer's status a short time ago. It is kind of a day-to-day -day thing. He felt good hitting yesterday, which is a, a great sign. Um, 
so yeah, just kind of taking it day by day and hopefully getting over the hump. And uh, but the, the communication is quite a bit back and forth, me and him, and and the medical staff and him. How concerning is that? It is. It feels like we're back in the daily George Springer update. And I guess if you play the game that hard and go all out, as you guys uh, found out last week when you did a wonderful interview with him where he described what he does to make mm -hmm. those catches, it, I guess it's just what you're going to have to deal with. Like, I mean, we were shocked by it last year. We shouldn't be shocked by it this year. Are you cool with them shutting him down for a bit here? Because it seems like what, they have a 98% chance of making the playoffs. What's the point of suiting him up if he's going to keep getting hurt? Because I think that they know that it won't do long-term damage. Right. Right. Otherwise, he wouldn't be playing. Yeah. And he's just saying, I want to play. And they're saying, you're a pretty good baseball player. We'll let you play. Makes a lot of sense. Okay, it seems like the Angels just keep finding new ways to oh lose. Yesterday, they hit seven home runs and lost eight, seven, seven home runs. They're the first team to hit seven solo home runs and score no other runs in a game, and the sixth team to hit seven homers and lose. Shohei Otani, of Six. course. There were five others that have done it? Yeah. That's ridiculous. How. Yeah. Uh, Shohei hit two of the Angels' home runs, and today ESPN's Buster Olney said this about Otani's future with the team. Oh, here we go. So Otani's eligible for free agency. After 2023, the Angels are going to approach him about a contract extension that probably will start with an annual salary of $50 million. But I got to tell you, speaking with executives with other teams, they believe Otani will not sign with the Angels. They believe that he's going to get to free agency. And so this winter will be the first time when the Angels will have to seriously consider trading Otani. I think if they struggle next year, uh, it either happens uh, midsummer if they don't trade him this winter. One way or the other, I don't think Otani is going to get through 2023 with the Angels. Yeesh. If we assume he's not coming to the Blue Jays, where is the best landing spot for Shohei Otani, the biggest star in all of baseball? Well, first off, we've got to peel the layers of the onion. He wants $50 million a year. So how many teams can afford to pay him 50 million? Dodgers, a Yankees, Blue Jays? Astros? Astros. Rangers seem to always have money, but does he want to go there if he was just... The Rangers seem to me a lot like the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Padres? How we're calling them right now. Why not? The Padres, they cannot. If why, the Padres why not? Him, because you'd have to trade for them too. That's the other part of this. Right. Is like, if the haul was that for Soto, what's the haul for one year of Otani? Would you pay Shohei 50 million? Yeah, he does two things really well. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's 25 million for each thing that he does. That's a great way of looking at it. Fresh off his trip to Toronto and Nick Nurse's charity golf tournament, Kyle Lowry made an appearance on Vince Carter's podcast, The VC Show, today. And this clip is getting a lot of attention. Uh, I'll say this, and I don't know if anybody have noticed, besides the people that I tried to get Vince back with us at one point. I wanted Vince, and I was trying, you know. We had, so conversation. We, had conversation. We, we we tried to get it done. It didn't work out. Business, you know, didn't happen. You know, some, you know, whatever happened, and it didn't work out. But I was, like, one of the biggest advocates to try to get him back in Toronto, and Vince was all in. So any people that think Vince wasn't all in coming back to Toronto, it's bogus. He would, he was, we was working on trying to get that done. Now, just so everyone knows we were trying to get that done, and we'll keep, you know, like I said, business is business. All right, Kyle, we got it. <laughs> Taking all the credit. Would you like to see Vince <laughs> back Rolling with the Raptors? Stones. Just let people romanticize yeah. that. That would have been amazing for 
the fans to have a full circle and if it had have happened during the championship run, it would have been very cool. But guess what? The championship run was more important than Vince Carter returning to Toronto, even if he relaxed as a Well said. All right, kids, that does it for us. In fact, due to the National Bank Open, as I said, we are on hiatus next week. We'll be back on air Monday, August 15th. Thank you for watching and supporting this show as you have done in spades. We appreciate you. The digital channels will be active over the hiatus, so keep an eye at Tim and Friends on Twitter, IG, and even TikTok. So we bid adieu with one last look at the week that was. Jesse and I will talk to you in a week and a bit. Friday. Right. Saturday. It's Friday then. It's Saturday, Sunday, what? It's Friday then. It's Friday, Sunday, what? It's Friday it had to be the way that the umpire he might have like some guys don't yell like you gotta you gotta do that when you call a strike no yeah. everyone was yeah. bored oh, everyone you definitely know that's a strike we have seen this year that the Jays do not have any depth in the minor leagues. Sorry, you just hit 6 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> I had to interrupt you right in the middle of that. That's, no, that's all right. That's all right. All right so I've been interrupted for in, in worse ways. I don't know about for less, but I've been interrupted in worse right, ways. So. Sox manager Tony La Russa falling asleep in the dugout. Now here's the important part of this. It was in the first inning, Tim. Bottom the first of the inning. first. How does he still have a job? Our guest booking crew and our producers just started laying it down. Like, coming off the top rope. Did you notice the same thing? Yes. <laughs> the elbow. It's the most electrifying move in sports entertainment today. Oh, the people's elbow! Oh! An exclamation point! I hit my funny bone with my ring, so I'm dealing with some stuff over here. Did so, you know, just got to be more careful next time. You want time. me to come over and give you a hug? No, I think I'm okay. You sure? Yeah, I'm fine. I, I'm fine. I can show that kind of love. No. Okay, so let's let's role play. You and me. Yeah, you yeah. Want to play? Yeah, sure. You good with this? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll be okay. John Schneider. Okay. You you be Bo Bichette. Sure, go for it. Hey Bo, just want to switch things up. Maybe get you going here. Can you slide down to five? Uh, I'd like to stay in the cleanup spot, uh, Coach. Okay, that's a selfish. Little, a little bit longer. That's uh, I feel like I can work my way out of out Can of the we slump just slide you down? Ahead. We'll get you. We'll get you out of the slump, and then as soon as you're back in that slump, back in that, you're back in that slump. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a team player, so I, I guess I'll do it, but I just want to let you know that I, I think I can perform better uh, in that spot moving And forward. see. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend.